Years ago, we used to have in our house an electric weed whacker. It was electric in the sense that you plugged it in. You say, well, how else would it be electric? They have batteries, bear with me. Well, you would plug this sucker in and you would walk down the way and you'd weed whack and the thing was so weak and we had it. I like to think because we didn't want the kids to get hurt with the weed whacker string. I think Laura got it because she was concerned about me. Well, you'd get going and you know, you walk back, plug it in, you come back, you walk back, you plug it in, you come back, you walk, how many times want me to do this? And eventually I would get so frustrated, I would just walk away from the weed whacker and say, let the grass look unkempt. I don't know why I shared that story, I just felt like I wanted to get that off my chest. I share that story because the weed whacker's prayer and the cord is faith, and I feel that too often we as Christians don't understand how to use a weed whacker or how to keep it plugged in. Follow with me here. Sometimes we give up on the weed whacker, we give up on prayer because it keeps getting unplugged and we can't deal with it anymore. Other times we don't notice that it's unplugged, so we keep weed whacking and we wonder why it doesn't do anything. My friends, the Lord Jesus is going to talk about that today in our text. And my hope is that for those of us who are saved by grace through faith, we weed whack, maybe with gas, plugged into the outlet with the outlet never coming out. You say, Pastor, where are you getting this stuff from? I'm getting this from Mark chapter 11, verse 20. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. You remember where we were last week? This is, I believe, Sermon 39. So if you're just joining us this week, you have 18 hours of catch-up. Hopefully you can understand what we're doing without that. But we do need to put it in context. Last week we had the fig tree. And Jesus found a fig tree in leaf with no fruit, and he cursed it, and he went into the temple, and he cursed the temple, and we looked at what was going on there, and we saw that our goal as Christians before the Lord is to worship him with fruit. Well, when they left town, they walked out of the town at night. When you look at the text, when evening came, they went out of the city. So we come to this text the next day. And they're coming back in the city. They probably went to Bethany, and they come back in the city, and as they passed by in the morning, they saw a fig tree with the roots withered away. What is going on here? What is the point of what Jesus just talked about? Well, Jesus just talked about for an extended period of time. See, I'm getting happy feet moving around now. He talked about for an extended period of time all of these wonderful, powerful things that he did, and he showed them with signs and wonders. You remember Mark chapter 1, 2, Three, four, we looked at 38, 39 weeks of Jesus' power on display. Well, during that time, the, the disciples' prayer life fell into a funk. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Pastor, how do you know that? We're on today. The rest of you say, Pastor, how do you know that? I'm glad you asked. Well, what happened every time Jesus called a prayer meeting? What did the disciples do? 
they went to sleep. You ever notice that these guys just didn't pray? Well, you say, why didn't they pray? You guys say, why didn't they pray? pray? Now we're all awake, who needs coffee? (laughs) Well, why would they pray? They had God with them in the flesh, no? Do you need to cry out to your heavenly father who you can't see when you're boat in the storm when Jesus is sleeping right next to you? Do you need to cry out for manna from heaven when true heavenly manna has come down and walked with you? When you have a dead body and Jesus raises a dead body, do you need to pray to God? You say no. No. I'll stop with that now that everybody's awake. Well, these disciples, they didn't need to pray because Jesus was with them. Actually, though, they did need to pray, didn't they? You remember Mark chapter 9? Remember when Jesus went up on the mountain and the nine got left behind and the guy had the demon? What happened? How'd that work out so well? Not so well. Do you remember what the nine forgot to do? They forgot to pray. They forgot to call out to their heavenly father. Well, Jesus is about to go away and these disciples are about to become like us because when he goes away, they will worship what they cannot see. Well, what's going to happen? Who's going to care for him? Who's going to provide for him? What's going to happen to this power that they've been around for all this time? Well, that's a question for today, and, and Jim is going to take it from here and tell us all about that. I'm sure he could, but I'm going to let the Lord tell us all about it through his word. I want to talk about four aspects of effective prayer. If you look at your bulletin, you'll only see three. I made a mistake. We'll look at four. Look at the first two verses here. Verse 20, as they passed by in the morning, they saw a fig tree withered away to its root, and Peter what? Peter what? Peter remembered. You know what the first aspect of effective prayer is? Remembering. Remembering what? What did Peter remember? What What the Lord had done. The Lord had cursed a fig tree. Do you remember anything that God has done? Might I remember you a little bit of what God has done? In the beginning, God, a couple chapters later, we fell. And after that, God began a process of reconciling us to himself. I read of a cycle of sin and apostasy and grace and mercy. I read of wondrous works that God performed. I read of the the Tower of Babel. I read of the walls of Jericho. I read of the parting of the sea. I read through the prophets in the historical books, and I see a baby is born. Unto us a child is given. I read of this son growing into a man and rising from the dead. Do you remember what God has done for you? Do you remember what God has done in history? Do you remember the book of Deuteronomy? 15 commands to remember. Did you know that? Before God's people went into the promised land, God commands them 15 times, remember what he has done. You ever read Deuteronomy 6, verse 4? Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Do you know what it says next? Talk something about when you sit down, when you rise up, when you walk around, do you know what you need to do? Remember. Do you know what we do easily? We forget. My friends, Peter remembered. How easily do we forget? The might of God, the power of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the provision of God, and on and on and on and on, yet we say, do you love me? Do you care for me? Where have you gone? No, no, no. Remember, 
Peter remembered the fig tree. Rabbi, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Side note, that fig tree was young and vibrant and healthy. And the next day, actually, Matthew tells us immediately, it looked old and decayed and withered. You ever notice that? I won't comment on the age of the earth, but how could something young look old? Perhaps it's under a curse, just saying. And Jesus says, have faith in God and do not doubt. What does that mean? Stay awake with me. We're almost there. We're not even close. We're almost there. Have faith in God. Look, Jesus, the fig tree that you cursed is dead. And Jesus says, have faith in God. I'd say, what are you talking about? Dude, the fig tree withered and died. Have faith in God. What are you talking about? What, a, what? Jesus, are you talking about? Jesus made a mistake. That was not the right answer, right? No, that's not. Stop it. He is showing Peter something about the power that destroyed, that cursed that fig tree. He's saying, when I go away, I cursed this fig tree. I killed it from the root up. Magnificent power. I cursed the temple. And this power will be with you. Let me tell you about this power. Have faith in God. What does it mean to have faith? Trust. What does it mean to trust in God? Believe that God is who he says he is, will do what he says he will do, and that you are who he says you are in Christ. Did you catch all those things? That God is who he says he is, that he will do what he says he will do, and that you are who he says you are in Christ. And don't doubt. What does it mean to doubt? Y'all are like, that's not a hard question. It is a hard question. What does it mean to doubt? To not trust in God. To trust in something else. Like what? Like people? The opinions of people? Yourself? Money? Possessions? Influence? Appearance? Your own heart? That is to doubt. So this says, if you pray in faith and believe you have it, you'll get it. Okay? Watch this. Lord, I want the Bentley. Make it appear in the front circle. And may we as a church march out as I drive away in my Bentley. Amen. Bob, is it here? What is what? Isn't that? Shoot, didn't work. Why did that not work? It's not what it's talking about. It's not about the strength of your faith. It's about the object of your faith and what you're praying in faith. Want me to show you what I'm talking about? You remember a, a dark and stormy night on a lake? There was a guy named Peter in a boat. I believe we're in Matthew 14. See, here's the problem when you stroll away from your notes up there. We'll see how close we can get to what we're talking about. I believe we're in Matthew 14. It's going to be embarrassing if we're not. I'm pretty sure we're in Matthew 14. And if you go to verse, oh, shall we try 28? Yeah. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. How strong was Peter's faith? Lord, command me. He said to him, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Uh-oh. What does it say next? But when he had come to Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, read that, please. Oh, you of strong faith. 
How did he walk on the water with little faith? How how did he do it with tiny faith, with weak faith, with mustard seed faith? Because you only need to have a little bit of faith. Did you know that? It's not the strength of your faith, it's the object of your faith. Peter believed that God could do what he said, that he would do what he said, and he said, come to me. So for a moment, for a moment, he didn't doubt and he trusted and he walked on the water, but then he began to sink. How strong is your faith? You want me to answer that? It's pathetically weak. Your faith is so weak, it's pathetic, but your Savior is so strong you can't comprehend it. Are you tracking with me here? Have faith and don't doubt. Where do you get the faith? It's a gift of God. And all you do is you access the faith by not doubting. And when we pray remembering who God is and who He is and what He has said and believe that He will do what He said, guess what will happen? The cord will connect to the outlet in the wall. Amen? Now, flip over to Mark 14. Watch this example. Somebody's praying here. His name is Joshua. 1436, you might know him as Jesus. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. (laughs) Look at that. He's remembering. All things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, he's asking. Yet not what you, but not what you will. But not what I will, but what you will. You see that? God, I remember what you've done, what you said, what you can do. I'm asking you to take this cup from me. I know you can. But not as I will, but as you will. Do you see how Jesus prayed? He remembered, he believed, and he trusted in God. He didn't doubt. Where am I? Here we go. Therefore, I tell you, verse 24, whatever you ask, ask, ask. That's the missing one. Ask. Remember, have faith, don't doubt, and ask. You say, what are you talking about? Ask. James chapter 4. You ever read that one? We're blowing a lot of gold off these suckers today, aren't we? James chapter 4 talks about asking and receiving or not asking. Anybody remember what it says? You have not because you ask not. You know what the next verse after that is? You receive not because you ask with wrong motives. But do you know, Jesus tells us to ask. I wonder, track with me, I wonder how many things we don't receive from God because we simply don't ask. We think they're just too big for him to do. I wonder how many things we don't receive from God because we don't ask because we think they're too small or insignificant for him to grant. I wonder how many things we don't receive from God because we don't think we need them, so we don't bother asking. Do you ever want to see someone come to faith? Pray! You ever want to see someone grow in faith? Pray! You ever want to grow in your faith? Pray! Does it mean God will do it like a genie? No! But he can Doesn't he want to see people come to believe? Mm -hmm. Doesn't he want to see you grow closer to him? Careful about that one, because if you pray that, you'll get it. (laughs) But it's a process, right, Renee? You ever pray for uh, patience? God smiles, because he'll give you patience. He doesn't give it to you like that. He grows it in you, and grows it in you, and grows it in you. My friends, ask. You ask not, Sherry, why? Or you have not, why? Because you ask not. Who's weed whacking without the cord plugged in right now? Who, who's just walking around with that electric weed whacker wondering why it ain't pretty enough to yard, huh? Now the hard one. Look at this last one. A lot of you are going to say, oh, say what? Me, are you with me? Say what? 
Whenever you stand praying, it's actually a normal position of prayer, standing. Read, read the gospel accounts, you'll see the Pharisees standing a lot when they pray. Whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Time out, pause, hold up. Say what? Say what? <laughs> did that just say that we have to forgive so God will forgive us? It did say that. I'm a hellbound sinner. I, I hold up. I, I might not be saved. Cross that verse out. Remember last week I told you to edit your Bible where it says cleanse to cursed? I pointed out that was a header, that was an inspired text. Don't you dare cross that verse out. What does that mean though? Forgive so your heavenly Father might forgive you? I'm, I'm stumped. I can't finish the sermon here. What are we gonna what are we gonna do? Well, middle of the week I was really I get it basically, but how do you explain this to a whole bunch of people looking at you without confusing them? I thought, Lord, help me out with this. He said, take a look at the Lord's Prayer. You ever read the Lord's Prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and what? How? As we... Say what? Does anyone forgive perfectly? Completely? Totally? So is God not forgiving us in the same way? I went to Romans 8. I found good news. You're saved by grace through faith totally and completely. See, let me explain the difference. Are you still with me? There is judicial forgiveness and relational forgiveness. And if you are in Christ, you are judicially forgiven totally and completely once and for all. All of your sins, past, present, and future. So have you trusted in Christ? Anyone? I hope we see at least one hand. Otherwise, we have an altar call. Has anyone trusted in Christ? You are totally and completely forgiven once and for all. God does not see you as a sinner. He sees you as Christ. He sees his righteousness imputed to you. Now walk with me. Anyone here still sin? Does God see that you sin? He disciplines those he loves. Don't mess with sin. What Jesus is talking about is relational intimacy. He's talking, this is really cool. Go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51, remember David and Bathsheba? Remember what happened there? Sounds a lot like the political discourse of our day. I'll move by that comment real quickly. <laughs> Psalm 51. David is grieving his sin. Create in me a clean heart. Wash me thoroughly. Cleanse me from sin. Go to verse 12 of Psalm 51. This is amazing. This is wonderful. This is such an encouragement. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Go to verse 14, two verses down. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, O God of what? My salvation. David is saved. David has sinned. David has not lost his salvation. He's lost relational intimacy with God. My friends, the cord fell out of the wall. He said, God, plug me back in. Anyone here sin? Anyone? ever fail to confess their sin and repent of their sin or flee their sin, the cord is out of the wall. Or maybe it's hanging out and you're getting a sputter. Do you see what's going on here? The power of God has not gone anywhere, but the cord comes out of the wall. Jesus says, this power will go away? No, no, no. I will go away. 
but I will send another. And your job is to remember, to have faith and not doubt, to ask and to forgive, repent of sin. Why? Guys, we are the people of God, saved by God for his glory. The people of God walk in the power of God for the glory of God. Say that with me. We are the people of God walking in the power of God for the glory of God. And too often the world sees us with a silly little weed whacker that doesn't work. They say, look at that fool. He's puttering along with a weed whacker that doesn't do anything. What's wrong with him? And we say, you want to use the weed whacker we have? <laughs> and they look at us like, what is wrong with you? Plug the sucker in. Your lawn will look beautiful. Your cup will overflow. The Lord will guide you and provide for you and comfort you in time of affliction. The Lord will work mighty works in and through your life and people will look at you and say, what is going on? It's plugged in. Plugged into what? The Lord. Abide in me and I will abide in you. Who here is hanging the cord outside the wall? Who here is walking with a weed whacker ready to slam it to the ground? Who here doesn't pray as they ought? Who here doesn't understand why bother it doesn't do anything? I won't raise my hand for that one. Who here is struggling with where is this God? Where is his power? Why is he not working mightily in and through my life? Do you want to know why in part? Maybe you're remembering it ain't so good. Why do we gather on Sundays? I got nothing better to do and I drag you along for the company. I drag you along because I love you. I got nothing better to do. We gather because we forget. What do you forget? Listen, we, we celebrate Easter every Sunday here. Did you know that? We celebrate Easter because my Lord is risen. That is pathetic. He is risen. And we forget we worship a risen and living Savior, do we not? I forget who I was. I forget who I am becoming. I forget what I am. I got to remember. Do you remember who God is, what he has said, and who you are in Christ? Have faith. How much faith do you need? The grain of a mustard seed. You say to this mountain, move. Watch this. See those trees? Watch this. I'm going I'm to take this verse so far out of context. Move! Mm. What happened? The leaf fell. I got... It's hyperbole. God can do the impossible. Have faith that he will. If I was with Moses when we came up on the Red Sea, do you know what I would have done? I would have cried and fell down and yelled for my mommy as a full-grown man. We're going to die! You know what? There's water, we're going to die! Do you know what happened? How often in our lives do we say, I'm going to die! You know what Jesus says? Yeah, you will. But take heart. When you die, you'll truly live. It's going to go bad. No, it's not going to go bad. Would well, just shut your mouth, John, and remember something. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Fear not. I am the Lord your God. Trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Remember, have faith. Don't doubt. Ask. Ask with right motives. 
Now, when we pray, think about this. Put a Y on the back side of the prayer. God, can you heal my neighbor? Why? So he can be healthy on his way to hell. Just saying. Why do we ask what we ask? Lord, can I get a new job? I'm not actually praying this. I'm planning on staying the rest of my ministry. God, can I get a new job for more money? Why? Well, I want a bigger house and a nicer car. Oh, yeah. God's like, oh, sure. Oh, here you go. Here's the Bentley. Now, is it wrong to pray for a new job and more money? Not necessarily, but understand the why. Does it match with who God is according to his word and based on his promises and his desires for you? Or is it more about conformity to the world? See, you have not because you ask not, but you also ask with wrong motives so you don't receive. God, heal my neighbor so he might see your power work in his life and be drawn to you and come and believe and have true eternal healing in your name for your glory. It's a little better. God, give me a new job where I might be a witness to you more powerfully. I pray your provision will be greater so I might give it away for your glory. Now we're talking on a different level. God knows your heart, though, so be careful. It's not like the earthly parent where you can trick. I love you so much. You're the best dad in the whole world. You're wonderful. Can I have $5? <laughs> have faith. Don't doubt. Ask. Forgive. Listen, my friends, we play with sin, don't we? We play with that sucker, the little, the little ones. See, Jerry Bridges calls them the acceptable sins. What does God say about sin? Flee sin. Sin is crouching at your door and its desire is to consume you. You know how much, remember the story of the grill? It's hot, you remember that one? Psst. It's hot, Psst. use your head. Psst. Don't mess with sin. Do you trust that God knows what he's talking about? Do you trust that God loves you? Do you trust that God will care for you? Now, here's what I just saw going on here. These cats were with Jesus. He cursed a fig tree. They went to the temple. He cursed the temple. They left at night. They went back to Bethany, to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, almost certainly. They woke up the next day. The streetlight weren't on when they left Jerusalem, so they didn't see the fig tree. They come back in, and the fig tree is down, and Peter's head goes, wait a minute, that's the fig Jesus. Jesus says, yeah, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? That sucker's from the roots up, totally withered. Leaves down, withered, looks like a thousand-year-old decayed tree. That's, that's some frightening power, my friends. And he says, uh, uh, what, 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 what happened? Not like, what happened here? And Jesus like, the fig tree withered. Like, what, how did this happen? And Jesus says, chill out, buddy. Let me explain to you what happened. I cursed it. I am God. They know this. I have displayed my power in magnificent and mighty ways. He's also told them before that I'm going to leave you. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise from the dead three days later. They keep forgetting that part, don't they? And then he says, don't worry, this power that you've lived with for three years, it ain't going anywhere. In fact, you'll have this power at your disposal any time that you need it. In fact, it'll always be with you, but... You must keep the cord plugged in the wall. Doesn't it sound like a lot like abide in me? If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Look at that. What's that? 15.7? What does it say there? Let's go over there. John chapter 15. Verse 7. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, I love this. You see that next word? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's crazy. If you abide in Christ, listen, don't you distort this text because a lot of people distort it. A lot of false teachers lead people to hell through it and they, they neuter a lot of believers. This ain't naming and claiming. Lord, I claim this in my life. That, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like you're walking into God's house saying, that's my coat. God already gave it to you. If he made a promise, it's yours. The question is, do you trust in it? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, what are his words? Ask whatever you wish. Now, what are you going to wish if you're abiding in Christ? Whose will is your will going to match up with? God's will. And whatever you ask will be done for you. I don't know about you. I've walked with the Lord for, oh, a few years now. And my prayer life hasn't been the most robust thing in the universe. It's a little better day by day. But there have been times when I keep forgetting the cords out of the wall and I'm just puttering along with a pathetic little electric weed whacker and the lawn looks like trash. Do you know what I mean by that? Every once in a while I get a little jolt of electricity and spins it around once or twice. I'm like, oh God, you're still there? Well, the Lord doesn't desire for us to live puttering through life in a pathetic way without seeing his power on display in and through us for his glory. He wants us to plug that sucker in and hold it in tight and we do that when we remember when we have faith and do not doubt, when we ask and when we flee sin and forgive. And why do we do this? Because we're the people of God who are to walk in the power of God for the glory of God. I had a lot of discussions in my life. Watch this. How do you make a church grow? You want to know the easy answer? You can't. How do you make someone come to faith? You want to know the easy answer? You can't. How do you make people who are saved walk in obedience to Christ with joy? You want to know the answer? You can't. So my job stinks because I can't do it. And when I get that, Jesus smiles and says, you're right. Who can? He can. Who can do what God calls you to do? Go out and, me too, go out and what? Make what? How? Who can? Plug it in. Do you want to see people come to faith? Plug it in. You want to see the church grow and bear much fruit? Plug it in. You want to see yourself grow with Christ? Plug it in. You want to make disciples? Plug it in. And that's what I want you to leave with here today. Plug it in. We're the people of God to walk in the power of God for the glory of God. And you thought this was all about a fig tree that just withered up. <laughs> My friends, this is a mighty and awesome God that we serve. Abide in him and you will bear much fruit. Apart from him, you can do nothing. How powerful is he? Read the story. Walk with him. See him work. Who here isn't quite plugged in? Who wants to get plugged in all the way? Whatever you ask in his name, does he not say you will receive? Let's pray. Father God, we are pathetic. We are weak, forgetful, arrogant, and ignorant. At least I am. Forgive us. Help us. Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. Lord, help us plug in all the way. We kink the cord, we cut the cord, we lose the cord. 
We put down the weed whacker and walk away. We become discouraged and disgruntled and embittered and angry and we play with sin and become cast in sin and we isolate ourselves and we doubt and despair. Holy Spirit, help! Help us to hear your voice for a moment. Say, be still and know that I am God. Help us to understand it is not our power that we're to rely on, it's yours. You came to save us, but you're also our shepherd who guides us. As we become cast, you restore us. Lord, with your rod and your staff, you guide and comfort us. Might we dare pray that you discipline us if we need it? Might we dare pray that we would trust in you and die to self so we might truly live? Yea, Lord, your will, not ours, be done. Lord, help us to remember. Help us to be sanctified by your word, which is truth. Help us to recall the wonderful deeds that you have revealed through your word and through our lives. Help us behold your word and rejoice in your law, understanding it is not a burden, but a delight. And Lord, help us understand that you didn't save us so that we could hang out until we go to heaven. You saved us so we can enjoy a relationship with you for all of eternity. And in this world, you put us on display. Lord, may we live good lives before the lost so they may see our good deeds. Or might we even say the good deeds you do through us in your power and come to glorify you on the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to see people as you see them. Help us to forgive as you have forgiven us. Help us to love because you have first loved us. And Lord, we begin by asking you to forgive us. Not judicially, because we are sanctified in Christ. We are totally forgiven. We are justified. But Lord, help us relationally to have the intimacy of relationship with you. Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. God, help us remember. Help us have faith and not doubt. Give us the boldness and the courage to know how good and gracious and kind you are so that we might ask and help us to flee sin. Not so that we can have the life we want, but so we can have the life that you desire for us. Lord Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.